0: just go to cars.com It's magical. Introverted noise. Hurry oh, yeah, up, Daddy. Let's do it. out
1: to the right. Five seconds to go in the first half. Dante fires deep to the left. Moss caught it at the eleven, but now he pitches oh, look at it, this. it to Mo oh, Williams. My... Touchdown! You gotta be
2: All right, welcome back to another episode of the Climbing the Pocket podcast. I am your host, Jason Brown. You can find me on Twitter at BrownJason. And we're here with the full crew. Happy days are here again. And things are starting to really pick back up at Climbing the Pocket. Good Morning Gallowhorn dropped today. The Scolders are back recording. The podcast for Good Morning Gallowhorn is about to come out as well. So you can tell things are ramping up. Combine happened. Free agency is around the corner. Lots to talk about. So let's get to it. My man, Jr. how you doing? How you been?
3: I'm good, man. You know, knee deep in the draft guy right now. So that's pretty much my life at this point in this draft season. So things are going good for the most part, though.
2: Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And uh, I feel like as an accompaniment, I know you don't have time for it right now, but I feel like we're going to need to get like Jr.'s book of, of draft sayings or something. Just a little book that folks can have on like their coffee table, where you just go through like all your favorite draft sayings, with like maybe some illustrations or something. Because I think that'd be hilarious.
3: Yeah, I'm probably gonna have to have to do that in an article one day. Yeah, gotta that's make that a happen. good
2: idea. Yeah. yeah, you gotta do that. Miles, my man. What's up? I see, man. You're you're fully in it. You know, the draft seems to have got you invigorated. The off season, you're really in it. I feel like you're you're more excited about this off season than you were during the actual regular season. And uh, yeah, you're out here. You put some content out. Saw you on, uh, you know, you did your thing on Andy's show. You're very active on Twitter these days. What's going on with you, my man? How you doing?
4: Yeah, like I said, like I've been saying, I've been more excited about this offseason than I've been in in years past. Just because I think what the what they have to do to get the the Vikings have to get creative. So I think that's fun. I think before they they had a lot of cap space. They had a lot of opportunities to to move around and do whatever they kind of whatever they wanted to do because they had cap space, they had draft capital or whatever. Um, now they don't have a lot of that. So I just want to see how creative they can get.
2: All right. And a man who's been a little less active on, on the Twitter.com of late. His, but I spot- he deactivated his Twitter account. Uh, for a little bit. I was a little worried there. But, you know, he'll pop up every now and again, throw out something, you know, throw a grenade in and then just go disappear again. So Prince, my man. How you doing? Where you been?
1: You know, I'm just uh, dealing with fires around the world, like I'd be doing.
2: The whole world? The whole entire world. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, you know, we are glad to have you on the podcast. And I guess we'll kick this thing off since, you know, I'm sure JR is not sick of talking about it at all yet. But, you know, the Combine happened. And, you know, the Combine gets everyone super excited. So I guess we should probably talk about that just a little bit before we go into some of these free agents and... recently released players and all of these other things rumors that you know we might hear popping up and all that stuff before uh, before next week so jr from your perspective and i guess from the perspective of the vikings um you know what happened at the combine or which players at the combine do you think that the vikings may have had their eyes on uh performed the best and which players do you think you might have liked for the vikings going into the compound uh the combine that uh they may be disappointed or got themselves bumped down the board a little bit.
3: Yeah, so just starting off with the first day, I thought the two players that really stood out the most in the offensive line group was Andre Dillard, the tackle from offense or the offensive tackle from Washington State, I should say. A guy that they have been interested in. They've shown some interest down at the senior bowl. They did speak with him briefly. Down there, a Viking Scout did pull him, pull him out to the side following some practices and just had a couple words with him. Uh, it's still not clear as if they met with him at the combine. I haven't seen any reports about that. Uh, Do- Doogie might have put one out, but I I might have just missed it. But other than that, I really haven't seen them have any contact outside of the Senior Bowl uh, with Diller. But he's a guy that's been pegged very consistently with the Vikings in mock drafts, so he's definitely a name to keep an eye on. Also, Garrett Bradbury from NC State, the center from NC State, he had a really good combine as well, and I thought he stood out, looked very mobile, which. Both of those guys, they were set up to succeed. This event was where they should have shined because both of those guys, they're bit, they're on the bit of a smaller side for their position, so they're known for their nimble feet and their athleticism. Now, on the flip side, a guy I thought that was a massive disappointment was Greg Little, the offensive tackle from Ole Miss, who they had a meeting with him at the Combine, and all throughout his career, he's been touted as his five-star guy, and he did live up to the hype. I mean, you start 29 career games at Ole Miss – in three years, or tw- 29 straight games, I should say, at Ole Miss and 35 career games played. So he did fit his billing as far as being that five-star recruit that did live up to the hype. But at the combine, I thought it was disastrous for him. I mean, you run in the five threes, you jump 25 on the vertical, and the vertical is set at 24. So he barely pegged any of the tabs when he did jump. So that just didn't help him at all. And then he's already fighting an uphill battle as well because he's known as a hot and cold type of prospect. He turns it off and on a bit too much uh, for some for some evaluators, while others see some upside with him. But it's going to be a huge projection with him. And I would be really scared to touch him. He's a polarizing prospect. I think he's on the similar lines as a Rashawn Gary, uh, the edge rusher from Michigan. Um, As far as the running backs, I thought. The 1B type of running back showed up. And what I mean by 1B type of runners is that the complimentary guys really showed up. And Justice Hill, James Williams, the list goes on and on of those guys that did show up. Now, more down the line guys really showed up as well. Alex Barnes from Kansas State is another name that stood out. And Miles Sanders from Penn State is another name that did show up and showed out. On the flip side, guys that I thought were disappointing, Devin Singletary from Florida Atlantic, a guy I was really high on going into the event. I thought he would run in the 4.5s, but he ended up running in the high 4.6s, which is something I really didn't expect. I didn't think he would be that slow. And then Elijah Holyfield, that's another name that was a massive disappointment as well. Uh, Moving on to day two, uh, the tight ends were probably the position that the Vikings were going to pay attention to the most because I don't think they're going to draft a quarterback early, and I don't think they're probably going to go receiver in mean, the first or the second round. So maybe they could get those third or fourth round type of guys. But just sticking on subject with tight ends, the top three guys that showed up, the stars showed up, no offense. TJ Hawkinson, Irv Smith all looked really good. Now Irv Smith did test a little bit worse than what people were expecting. He came a little bit lighter and shorter, only at six two and a half, 240 pounds. A lot of people were thinking he was going to be around 6'3", maybe 250 plus pounds. So he was a bit on the shorter side. But When they got to the the on-the-field drills portion, I thought he looked fantastic. Those three guys just looked a step ahead of the rest, and some down-the-line guys looked good as well. Uh, Drew Sample was a name that stood out. Josh Oliver um, and another or some other guys that did stand out as well. On the flip side, Isaac Nada was a massive disappointment. I mean, you're running the four nines. uh, You don't look fluid in the gauntlet drill. You're double-catching and cradle-catching in the gauntlet drills as well, and I thought he was a massive disappointment uh, for receivers. I thought the Ohio State guys really showed up, and I'm not even going to get into some of the top names because I don't think the Vikings are going to take a receiver early. So talk about Paris Campbell, Terry McLaurin. I thought both of those guys really were two guys that I had my eye on a lot. Stanley Morgan Jr. is another name from Nebraska, who I think they probably will be interested in as well, who ran four five three. I believe it was and jumped in the high 30. So he's definitely an intriguing prospect. But outside of those guys on offense, I think most of those guys really did show up. Um, on the defensive side, some guys that really caught my eye. Brian Burns, of course, this was an event that was really set up for him to succeed. But a name that Vikings fans should remember, because he could be a potential Anthony Barr replacement. His name is Justin Highlands from Oregon. He has some experience as an edge rusher, but also a linebacker as well. Very similar, similar measurables to Anthony Barr: six-five and a half, two hundred and fifty pounds. So. Maybe that could be a guy they could take or target in the second or even the third round. I think if I am Rick Spielman, I definitely will have his name circled.
2: Boy, okay, everybody get all that. We good, and uh, and I am glad you didn't you didn't take too much time because obviously I feel like you know I am going go and, and I am gonna ask Miles which uh, you know which mid round which late round you know receiver should I be falling in love with, and uh, I guess which tight ends really stood out for you as uh, as players you think the Vikings should be targeting.
4: Yeah, wide receiver-wise, I mean, I've been on – Terry McLaurin's been my guy for a couple months now. Um, I think I love him in the mid-rounds. I think he's one of those guys that could sneak into day two, um, the way he, he did at the Senior Bowl, the way he tested. Um, I heard a couple of people say they were surprised by his, his 40 time, and I'm I, I'm kind of not buying that. This, to me, tells me he didn't watch him because he, he plays fast. He uh, separates, so. Um, I'm really big fan of his. Um, I thought Inkeel Harry, uh, tested a lot better than, than expected. I kind of have like, a an Allen Robinson vibe, um, to his game for me. That's kind of where, where, where my comp is for him. Uh, like, like the way he tested, like the way he, he, he showed out. Um, Antoine Wes, Wesley, uh, from Texas tech, um, didn't test as well as, as I would have liked or expected, but, um, looking at his like percentiles and everything like that, he, uh, his height, weight, speed, or height, weight, um, wingspan, everything like that is all in the, in the hand size and arm length. They're all in like the 80 plus percentile. Um, and he jumped really well, 37 uh, inch vertical. But would I like to see some of the other uh, numbers be a little bit better? But um, I like him. I like him in the mid rounds. Uh, Emmanuel Hall is another one of those guys who uh, I thought had a pretty good combine, too. And then looking at tight ends, um, I mean, I know uh, JR pointed out. Uh, quite a bit of guys. Noah Fant showed out. Um, thought T.J. Hawkinson was going to th- was going to run a little bit faster of forty, but you could really tell that um, he's the kind of guy that builds up speed more than like uh, his get off uh, wasn't as as great. But you could tell that as he was moving, he was starting to pick it up. Um, like uh, like Jared mentioned, I like uh, Josh Oliver, uh, Jay Sternberger, and then uh, I thought Caleb Wilson um, had a little a little bit better of a, a combine than I. I expected. Now, I don't I don't think he's slow on tape, but I didn't think he was uh, I think he ran in the high four fives. Let me I have to double check that one real quick. But yeah, um yeah, I thought the, the tight ends were good. So they uh yeah, he ran a four five six, which was really impressive. I don't see that on tape, but I think um, overall I think he's a, a solid prospect too.
2: All right, so so Prince, I'm going to ask you this. I'm, I'm going to put you on the spot on this one here because, you know, I have an opinion. Many people have uh, espoused pretty strong opinions on this one here. But based on, okay, so now we have, you know, the, the tape is obviously the most important thing. You have the combine that helps you kind of see what if you need to go back and watch something else. Maybe you missed something based on how someone measures and, and uh, you know, tests and the athletic uh, uh, measurements and everything they have going on. So we have these tight ends at the very top end who really showed out. But we also had some offensive linemen who really really showed up in the athletic testing and, and and performed really really well Prince if it comes to you now and you have your choice of let's say Noah offense Bradbury and Dillard in the first round, what are you doing which way are you going and uh, and why how are you gonna how are you really gonna attack this uh this draft if it was you how would you go about building this team Obviously free agency it hasn't happened yet.
1: Now, I, it's a really difficult question, Jason, because, you know, for the last several years, I've been I've been a huge advocate of drafting the tight end really early in the first couple of rounds. Um, but I think with the, the the athletic talent that you have at at tackle, um, you know, a guy like and, uh, Andre Dillard, I think that you have to pull the trigger on a guy like that. You know, um, I know that the Vikings want to fix their interior, uh, you know, offensive line. Um, having a guy like Noah Fant would you know, set you apart. Um, but I mean, I think you do have some, you do have some, um, some guys at, at the tight end position that you probably could find later. I know that we've talked about TJ Hawkinson. Uh, you have Herb Smith that, you know, you might look, look into, you know, a later round or whatnot, but you Define know, find later round, Prince, Um, you know, you, I mean, you probably could find some, you know, that maybe trade back in the, the, the second round, maybe trade back in the third round, uh, you probably you might find someone in the fourth round. I haven't really gone that deep. Yet. Ugh. Ugh. Yeah, I, I understand. <laughs> like, I, 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 No, I get it. You're, you're not wrong. Um, but it's it's a matter of, you know, if I'm not just looking at, you know, obviously with a guy like Kirk Cousins, but, you know, getting a, getting a, a tackle of the future for the next, you know, 10, like 10, 12 years, it, I think it would be really important. Um, and with the way that some of these guys are testing as well as, you know, with the tape that they've provided, um, at, and it pains me to say because I've advocated for a tight end, I just think that you can't pass up, you know, having a guy like that or, you know, a couple guys at the top end um, to, you know, be able to maybe fix your offensive line right away. Um, and that, that I think that's probably a little bit more important than, you know, getting your stud weapon at, at, at Noah Fant.
2: Okay, so so we're going with I uh, would Dillard that at eighteen. What's the rest of your offensive line look like? How are you uh, addressing everything else? What are you doing with Reef? How are you addressing the rest of the interior?
1: Right. I yeah. I would I'd probably take Dillard at, at as your left tackle, and then I'd probably slide Reef into be your left guard. You know, see how he performs there. Um, and then obviously you have Pedelflin as a center. I'm still an advocate of maybe drafting another guy that you can you know you can have. I I like to double dip early in this draft just because there's so many good weapons. You know, really do what the, the, the Colts had debt did last year. Um, so I've had, Pat offline. I at your, um, you know, at your, at as your center, not a huge fan of, of Remmers at, at guard. I think we, I think that's a failed experiment. Uh, so, you know, really keeping, uh, you, but you might not have a choice. So you might have to keep Remmers at right guard and then you have Brian O'Neill as the right tackle that, you know, in the future. So, um, I mean he's already pr- proven to be your right tackle. So yeah, that's your that's your starting left you're starting, ta- uh, starting uh starting offensive line. You have uh you have Dillard, you have Reef, you have Pat you Pat then you have Remmers, and then you have O'Neal. And then you know you can obviously bring in some guys in, in free agency as well as you know, drafting some other guys as well too.
2: Okay, so Miles, same question to you. Eighteen, those players are on the board. Which way are you going, <laughs> Rename the the players. Sorry. So we're going Dillard, we got Fant and we got Bradbury.
4: Yeah, I'm, I'm going with Dillard, too. Um, I don't think they could go wrong with any of those three picks, in my opinion, but I think Dillard plays the most important position of the three, um, and I think he is arguably the best left tackle, pure left tackle in the draft. So um, I'm going that route. Um, I'm with Inca and I would go Dillard, left tackle, slide reef into left guard, depending on how the rest of the draft goes. But if they wanted to, the Vikings could cut, Uh, Riley Reef post June 1. And I think there's a lot less dead cap after June 1. Um, I'd have to look it up. Um, But for right now, I'd go Dillard, left tackle, Reef, left guard, Pat Elfline, center, Mike Rammers. He's off the team. Uh, So so I'm I'm addressing that in free agency. (laughs) I'm addressing that in free agency. And then uh, Ryan O'Neill, right tackle. Gangster.
2: Okay. JR, is it a clean sweep? We all going with Dillard in the first? Yeah, I think
3: Dillard just takes the offensive line to another level because now you have your two bookends and Dillard at left tackle and O'Neal at right tackle, and then you can just start to fill in the interior whether you want to put Reef at left guard and leave Pat Elfline at center or if you want to transition Elfline to guard and then bring in another center when drafting one late. So they're going to have their options. If Dillard is there at 18, I think he should be one of the top players on the board, though.
2: All right, then. Well, tell me a little bit more about him. Like, if he, he's the guy and, is you know, he seems to be a bit of a riser. I think when I, I started paying attention to draft stuff this year, he was kind of ranked in that, you know, end of the first round, beginning of the second round. In terms of rankings, we know that once the draft comes around, players like that end up getting pushed up boards. But I guess where does he rank for you overall? And um, you know, what's the scouting report on him?
3: Yeah, he's actually in my top 20. Right now, I believe he's my second Well, actually my third ranked tackle, but he's probably going to overtake Cody Ford here in a second. Uh, Once I finish my final big board, just because I trust his athleticism much more and his ability to hold up at that tackle spot. And I have some questions about Ford's athleticism, especially after the combine testing. He might be best as a guard. So he's probably going to end up as my second best offensive tackle and firmly in. My top 20, but just a little bit of background about him, a former basketball player. So he has those nimble feet that you're looking for, very light on his feet, but he does struggle as a run blocker. And it's just because of the offense that he played in at Washington State with Mike Leach. We know he hasn't been exposed a lot to the running game. So the running game and run blocking is a bit foreign to him. But on the flip side, I think he is by far the best pass protector in this draft. And we've seen, as with Brian O'Neill last year, coaches love those athletes that are already natural pass protectors because it's nearly impossible to coach that into these tackles and you can mold the run game aspect around their natural pass protecting abilities and that's why teams are so high on Andre Dillard he already comes in from day one as that pass protector so he can hold up in a pass happy league while you're able to mold him into being that nasty run blocker that he has the ceiling to be and he's only played left tackle in his career and we all know left tackles are very valuable in the NFL today, we saw with Colton Miller last year, he was pushed up the board, the athletic offensive tackle that went 15 overall, I believe it was. So I think he's going to end up going in the top 20. And wouldn't surprise me at all, if he ends up going somewhere like Cincinnati at 11. I think that could be a prime target Woo! for him. Yeah, I think it would surprise me at all if he does go that high just because of how well he did test and just the value that he brings at that blindside protector spot.
2: All right. So let's say that I just want to, I want to go kind of off the reservation here. I want to, I want to do something crazy and I'm going to say all y'all are wrong. I want to get my weapon in the first round. Obviously I know that, you know, that's a big risk. The offensive line for the Vikings is the thing. If you ask any Vikings fan, what needs to get fixed this offseason, it's going to be offensive line, offensive line, offensive line. So if I went with Noah Fant in the first round, Jr help me out with with some some linemen that might be able to help us bolster things you know second third fourth round as we kind of moved along you know at any of the positions that could help us out yeah so i think you have to start it
3: with uh greg little i think he's a guy despite what he tested at, i think he's going to be a guy that they are interested in just because of the traits that he does show on the field and he definitely is a scheme fit he protect projects a little better in a, a zone scheme as opposed to a man scheme and i mean it's already been written that he's already met with the Vikings. Everybody knows that as well. So there is some little bit of interest there. And we'll see if he does come in for a top 30 visit. If he does come in for a top 30 visit, there definitely is some interest in him. Uh, some other names just going down the list. Yannicka Just from West Virginia. I think he could be another guy that they're interested in. He didn't. He was a bit limited during the combine. You saw he was limping around a bit. And like I told Miles uh, a little bit before the show and even in the DMs in a group chat, There is some worries about his knees with Yannick adjust. He had knee surgery in 2016 and 2017. He tore his ACL twice in back-to-back years, and then he comes out limping at the combine. So medicals are going to be huge with him, and it's something that we will never know with him unless he does slip down the draft board, and it could be like a Tyrell Crosby situation last year. The tackle from Oregon that was projected to go early on day two but ended up slipping all the way to the fifth round just because he had that foot injury some more names, Max Sharping from Northern Illinois could be an option in maybe the third or fourth round. But a guy that I really do like in the third round, his name is Dennis Daly from South Carolina. He could be an option at that left tackle spot. Uh, he's only been a two-year starter at South Carolina. He went to Georgia Military Junior College his first two years, as freshman and sophomore year, before transferring to South Carolina. Started 23 of 24 games there, and he got better as the year went on. Go back and watch him against Clemson. He completely shut out Cleveland Furrow as the game went along. So I think Dennis Daly could be an option for them in the third round.
2: Okay. I like that. All right. And uh, I know uh, we, we talked before and you said you haven't watched him yet, but one of the guys, I guess, that I, I'm interested to get your take on, uh, just based on, you know, the athletic testing, and, and you said he kind of came out of nowhere a little bit, was uh, was Romer, Tyler Romer, uh, because he uh, he tested, I guess, as an elite athlete. And uh, I hadn't really seen his name in too many places before the, uh, before the combine kicked off. So.
3: Yeah. And he kind of got some Twitter love during the combine as well. There were some clips going on or going around about him. I think Daniel Jeremiah and some other guys posted some clips about him where he was just completely destroying people. And we know that offense, they're ground and pound a lot. I mean, we've seen your baby Jason with Rashad Penny has come out of that offense. (laughs) (laughs) There's There's been some other guys as well. That's been successful in that offense as well. So they're more of a ground and pound style. You're going to have to teach him how to be a natural pass protector. But there is some off-field concerns that I do know about Romer. He got kicked off the team this past year, and I'm not sure exactly for what. It was just They just left it as a violation of team rules and he ended up declaring for the draft. So there is some worry of some off-the-field stuff with him, and I'm sure teams have done their homework on him as well.
2: Oh, boy. All right. Well let's move on to uh, free agency and all the other stuff that's going on here I guess you know the this this fun little period where like veterans start getting released and all that kind of stuff uh miles as we uh we move along here, you know veterans are starting to get released, Vikings are starting to sign some players there are you know rumors of trades and all these other things uh as things are going right now, who is your most realistic Target of someone that may come in that maybe is off our radar a little bit right now, in terms of a player who may come available, has recently been made available, someone we might be able to actually trade for. Like, who are the players out there that you think uh, might be someone we add that we weren't talking about two weeks ago?
4: Yeah, I have a hard time. You're talking about trade, so that's good (laughs) because I feel like every time I predict uh, a free agent, they get re signed by their team. So, (laughs) um, For trades, I'm going to stick to offensive line. Um, I've literally been saying this for for months and months, uh, even back in August. Uh, The Chargers, I think the Chargers are one of the top. I have three teams that I'd be calling for offensive linemen. Um, I have the Chargers, the Browns, and the Eagles. Um, Chargers, I'm calling and asking about Forrest Lamp, and I'm asking about uh, Michael Schofield. I think both both could come fairly cheap and both uh, don't cost much. In terms of cap it, uh, and then for the Eagles, I'm calling and asking about Stephen Wisniewski. Uh, he's their backup swing right guard center. They they signed him last year in 2017 to be their, and he was their starting. Uh, I think he was their starting left guard. Um, and then play and then kicked out to right guard when Brandon Brooks Brooks got hurt this last year. Um, but he's got position flexibility. I think he's got one year left, one year d- left on his deal at like two or three million dollars. Um, and then I'm calling the Browns. This one's a little bit more of a a bigger move, but I'm calling the Browns about Kevin Zeitler. Uh, I think and, you know, with with them having Austin Corbett, you know, waiting in the wings and they might want to dump some future salary. Uh Zeitler might be that guy that they'd be willing to trade for, you know, maybe a mid round pick or something like that. So uh those would be the three teams I'd call for offensive linemen right now.
2: Okay. And Zeitler, I know that, you know, when those rumors started going around, people got really excited. And I know yeah. it's a tough question because it often feels like these players that really should go for a lot end up going for a lot less. Like you said, mid-round. That usually ends up seeming to be where, like, the, the compensation ends up coming in because of salary and all those other right. things. Um, is that where you're pegging it? Like a third, third, fourth, third conditional? Like, what are you thinking would be the, uh, yeah, the what we'd have to give up in order to get a player like a Kevin Zeitler?
4: Honestly, it uh I'd have to look at how his contract's structured, but I really think the Browns are only on the hook for his signing bonuses. So instead of twelve having to pay Zeitler $12 million per year of cap hit uh, in 2019, 2020, and I think uh, 2021 he has left, it'd be like you dropped each, each year $2, two million down, so it'd be $10 million this year instead of twelve. So I think some of that factors in. So I'd say like a fourth-round pick could probably might, might be able to get it done. I'm not going to promise that it would, but
2: I think it's a possibility. Okay, and I'm gonna ask. I feel like I shouldn't, but I'm gonna ask the question anyway. <laughs> since uh, you know we're talking about trades and mid-round picks and all this kind of stuff, Jr. I have to start with you because this was your man, this was your dude, this was your guy last year. But what do you make of these rumors of uh, of Josh Rosen available for a third round pick? And if that's actually the price, should the Vikings be in on that?
3: I don't believe that. I think he's much more. I think he's worth much more. And I think people are kind of holding him hostage to the situation that he was in last year. And he wasn't in favorable elements. He was behind a very poor offensive line and a part of a bad coaching staff overall. So the picture has been painted really bad uh, with Josh Rosen. And I think a team would easily give up a first-round pick for him. And before Case Keenum actually got traded to the Redskins, I thought they probably would give up 15, luckily, to get or easily to get Rosen. And they need a a quarterback desperately in Washington. And getting a guy like Rosen, I think, could be a fit. Keep your eye on the Patriots, too. It wouldn't surprise me if they throw a first-round pick out there. I mean, they have 12 picks this year, so they have plenty of ammo to go after Josh Rosen if they want to groom him to be that next guy behind Tom Brady. But I think a team would easily give up a first-round pick for Rosen. I don't believe the third-round stuff. And if I was the Vikings, and realistically, I don't think they would do it. I don't even think they would consider it. But if a third-round pick was the price, I definitely would be interested in doing that because you got a cost-controlled rookie quarterback like Rosen who has, I think, still a high ceiling. And a lot of people are forgetting that he was the top-ranked quarterback for a lot of people last year. And I think he just—he was just in bad elements last year and it's painted a bad picture with him. But if I'm the Vikings, I would flip a third easily for Rosen despite Kirk Cousins already being on the
2: roster. Okay, I'd be down for that just for the drama, just to watch Vikings Twitter burn. I think that'd be fun. Be good times. Jr., did you say
1: despite cousins being on the roster or because? (laughs) (laughs) Here
3: you go. Even though he's on the roster, (laughs) (laughs) he's not he has a no trade clause. He's not going anywhere.
1: Just want to make sure I heard that right.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Of course, of course, of course. So Prince, you know. As things are going here, free agency is about to kick off. What are the moves you're looking to see? What are what are you hoping happens as uh your know, things start to kick off? It looks like you know, I don't know, it's looked like this for a minute. It looks like Anthony Barr is out the door. Um, yeah, what are you looking to see? What are you hoping for? Which players are you hoping to get? You know, I guess not really hoping for, but expecting to get maybe restructured, cut? Like, what do you what what is your thought about what's about to happen for these Vikings as uh, as free agency rolls around?
1: Well, I mean, obviously, the biggest thing is obviously get some get some cap space back. If you can re- restructure Kyle Rudolph, that'd be great. Um, if you restructure guys like you know Everson Griffin, um, I think Anderson Dejo probably will get cut. But I mean, I mean, he'd be another good body to bring back if you can get you know, get him restructured and stuff. Um, you know, so that that would be a way to obviously free up some money. And I would use some of that restructured money to you know really bring in some offensive linemen who can come in and compete at your interior spots. So you don't have to force that pick. Um, so that, you know, that's what I'm looking at as far as free agency, bring in, bring in a couple of guys. Um, I don't know if there's, I mean, maybe bring in a tight end or, or, you know, a bet tight end. That's, you know, maybe the, out there on the mark, market market. Um, I think miles, you have mentioned like uh, Tyler Eifert, uh, Davis, some of those older guys to do it, so, you know, just to have the backup again, you don't want to have the force to pick um because i really want that pick at 18 to be a pick that you know i know that we're not talking about it enough but i mean we all agree in it like we're definitely team trade back i think 18 is a really great spot to kind of take advantage of some teams that get a little uh trigger happy and want to move up a couple spots you know if you can secure another you know second round pick you can secure another third round pick um for a team that's looking to move up that'd be fantastic you know you'll still have um you know, you will still have some top end. And me, because I want to really double dip high at offensive linemen, um, think about, you know, how much talent we have at offensive line. You don't take that guy at at 18, you trade back, maybe get a a weapon, a tight end weapon or something. Well, then you can double dip at, at offensive line or, or, you know, really take advantage of this interior defensive line. So um, that's what I'm kind of looking for for the Vikings. I'm hoping that they um, can can work that out. But obviously that's, you know, all things considered things have falling into place the way they should be
2: okay all right i guess did anyone have anything else super pressing they wanted to get into because i had i had a, a question i wanted to ask for prince that's kind of off the topic a little bit uh but like in terms of free agency was there anything else you know jv collins anything else y'all really felt the urge to, to get into and talk about on this show tonight all right i'll take that as a no prince, <laughs> prince uh are you still torturing yourself going back through the whole season, watching everything all over again?
1: I am. Um, I, I'm actually starting a new series. Uh, it's called Keep That. Um, this is actually going to be a, a kind of a positive spin because I know that the season didn't end the way that we wanted it to. Um, but, it, you know, at least I'm, I'm actually starting to find a couple of, of plays here and there, um, some scheme stuff, some, you know, some, some, some play things that were actually working really well. And I want the Vikings to obviously keep in their playbook keeping things that they can also even evolve on so um you know I just got through the first game here I'm just looking for a a, a good converter to to make it into gifs and stuff so but uh, yeah I, I think the Vikings can uh, they had some good things happening last season I know amidst all the you know missing the playoffs and you know having things kind of falling apart uh, there were some good things that happened. so I kind of want uh, I kind of want to keep the focus on that as well too.
2: All right. I like that. Miles, I know you've been busy in uh, in them Twitter streets and you're on Andy's show, which uh, will be in the show notes. Check that out if you haven't already. Uh, what else you got going on? What else should we be looking for?
4: Um, I'm just I'm trying to get back to my to watching some more tape uh, and then I'll probably put something together on some wide receivers uh, that I like for the Vikings uh, this year. And I'll, I'll probably combo that wide receivers and tight ends just because it's uh, maybe I'll make it a two part series.
2: And last but certainly not least, Jr. my man, doing the rounds, hitting all the podcasts. Uh, What else you got going on? What's the next thing we should be looking for from you?
3: Um, So the latest draft board podcast episode has been posted with Mark Schofield, who did a fantastic job uh, breaking down the quarterbacks in this class. Uh, Next week's episode, I'm really looking forward to getting that out. I'm going to be interviewing Mike Band, who is a former Viking scout, and he was the guy that was behind scouting Daniel Hunter and Jarek McKinnon. And he's going to walk me through the analytical side and how they incorporated that in their draft room as well. So I'm looking forward to that episode next week.
2: Oh boy. You know, I'll be tuned in for that one. That should be good times. Well, all right. Listeners, as always, thanks for sticking with us. Gentlemen, thanks for coming on. And as I said at the beginning, all the pods on the CTP network are kicking back up. Everyone has had their time to feel sad about last season. Everyone's hopeful, excited, looking forward to the next season. So a lot of content's coming out for you here soon. So, uh, yeah, make sure you're, well, I mean, you're listening. You're probably subscribed already, but go tell a friend. Get them subscribed as well. And if, uh, you know, you heard the Matthew Collar episode and he was like, if you want my job, take it. If you want some practice of taking his job, hit us up as well. Maybe we'll let you write something. But that's it. That's all. Y'all have a good night. Gentlemen, thank you. And we'll talk to you soon. Have a good one.